Hanley Armagh, Caroline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right team. Only for point number 10. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. We have a big week of action ahead of us this weekend with 12 games across the Junior and Intermediate Championship as they both kick off on Friday night. Um, first up is Derry Noose against Newtown on, in the athletic grounds on Friday night, while Blake take on Mullabrack on Saturday. And on Sunday, there's two junior games with Darcy taking on uh, Corinthigo and our old playing Claddy. So I'm delighted to be joined by Callum O'Neill, the Blake star, who's looking forward to a good weekend and a good year um, coming up. Callum, obviously last year, he's reached the um, junior final Unfortunate to lose it, um, had two chances at it, a replay and extra time. Um, obviously, probably tough tough to take that he's lost it after um, playing so well. And I suppose both days he's were underdogs going in against a very uh, strong Fork Hill team. So I suppose just what, what was your thoughts after that game and how has it helped going into this year? Um, well, yeah, I suppose it's it was great to get to the final but as you say with two bites of the cherry and, and still couldn't do it even after extra time um oh, look it was great to get there you know over this past couple of years we've been probably pulled out of quarter final stage Sean um so it was great to get beyond that and and it was a great buzz sort of about the village you know around the time of it but at the end of the day finals are for winning um you know, it doesn't, you know, in 20, 10, 20 years, nobody look back and say you were bit by a point or two points or whatever it was. Um, going into it, I suppose, we we had backed ourselves. Fork Hill were probably favourites, but we thought we had a good chance. Um, we had got a good bit of a run through the championship and we're, we're quietly confident that we could cause a bit of an upset. Um, I suppose the first day we were probably lucky to get it back with Connor scoring, scoring a goal. And then we got a couple of points in the last couple of minutes to bring it to a replay. Um, but then I suppose Jamar kicked a kicked a great equaliser to bring it to extra time in the replay when we thought we almost had it. Um, you know, just let it through or slip through our fingertips. So, yeah, look, that hurt's still there. Um, uh, you know, you were so close, but yet so far. Um, so we're just aiming to go one step further now this year. You get back there. Um to get back into the final and then to, to finish the job, hopefully this year, that, that's the aim. And in that first game, Callum, after Conor McEvitt's goal, there was a point in it and it, it come to you to level it. Um, what's going through your head? And Because um, it, it's okay to hit the, I nearly think it's better to hit the winner because at least if you miss it, well, you know, well, you yeah. still have the draw. You All the pressure was in you here. If you missed that, you were beat. Oh, yeah, well, look, I wouldn't say pressure. It's, you know, that's why you go up to training 10, 15, 20 minutes early to practice your freeze or stay behind. Um, you know, I, I always tell myself going into games, this is where you play football is to to play in the biggest stage or, you know, to play, to test yourself. Um, and, you know, that that's how you test yourself. There's no point, you know, doing it when you're 15, 20 points up. Um, so I suppose what's going through the head is just, is just what you've done in training and just um, try and get a good strike and, you're not trying to think about what what's at stake or what's what the score is. You're just 
we'll put this over the bar and we'll go again, you know. And you with captain that day, both days, obviously, uh, must have been immensely proud of yourself to uh, be captain in the team in a county final. Oh, I'm not sure when the last time he's run a county final before 2020, uh, it had been a while. Yeah, I think it was 2008 or 2009. Um, we're beat after funny after a replay game against Shane O'Neill's beat, uh, beat us that year. I think then they went on and went straight up to senior in the two years after it. So, yeah, look, it was 12 years from we got there. Um, as I said, the year that was in it, um, everyone really enjoyed the football, even about the village. People loved getting back out to games. So it was a great privilege to be, you know, to lead that team and to walk around, you know, in front of them in the um, parade around and before the county final, you know, it was great looking in the stands and seeing seeing the flags and seeing the people from around the village, like, but, um, yeah, no, it was, it's, it's a, it was a real honour, like, as, as I say, especially I was in it, it was great to bring that sort of enjoyment and buzz back around the place. And coming into this year then, like, I can just imagine the hurt is, is driving the team on, it's such a long, normally that would sort of drive you through the winter months, but it was mm. all individual training this winter, um, collective training didn't come back to April, has that helped maybe motivate the team and drive the team on this year? Oh, without a doubt, Sean. Um, without a doubt, you know, even over the winter months, whereas um, years previous, you know, boys might have just took the foot off the gas. The, the amount of work that boys put in themselves away, you know, away from the group um, over the winter was was unreal. Um, they've, you know, they came back in really good shape and were really eager to push on. Um, and, and even through the year, obviously, we've used that just to try and learn from last year, learn... Um, learn from what we could could have done better and, and also what we did well and try and work on those. So yeah, look at in training when you're doing when you're doing the long uh, crappy runs that no one likes to do, you, you always just tell yourself, you know, if we had a run for that ball in the final or if we had been a bit quicker, this is why you do it, you know. So yeah, without a doubt, pushing us on massively. And we're talking about training, you obviously have a professional in with you, um, a professional boxer, Fergus Quinn. Who played unbelievably well in the two um, the two finals last year? Went toe to toe with Jamar, and I know Jamar um, kicked the leveler in the replay like he only needs a second and he can change a game. But Fergus was brilliant in them two games. What's it like training with him? I'm, I'm sure the tackling grids are fun. <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth, Sean. They wouldn't be uh, they wouldn't be too enjoyable now when when he's hitting you. I'm telling you, there's some force behind it. Um, no, look, Fergus, through the years, Fergus was always maybe a year or two ahead of me and he was always playing, you know, a, an age group above himself. So he was always sort of the standard bearer about Blake for a long time and especially for myself, I was always just trying to chase him and, and get to his level. Um, but yeah, just it's it really just drives you on. It really just sets standards, you know, Sean. It, he doesn't take any crap on training, you know, it, this is the lane and you can really see why he is a professional boxer and why he's got to the level he's got to. He's just, he's that diligent in everything he does. Um, you know, there's a real purpose when he steps in the pitch, he's there to get better. He's there to, to work hard and that's just infectious then, you know, he really drives everyone else on. But um, yeah, you don't want to really carry, carry ball down into a dark alley when he's down there. You're not really come out, you come out black and blue, you know? I suppose it's good if anything kicks off in a match, you know, that you have a professional boxer <laughs> in your back as well. You're sort of looking over your shoulder going for <laughs> it. Um, I suppose looking forward to this year, Callum, 
Uh, it's a competitive championship again. Last year was uh, a great, great uh, junior championship. There's probably four or five teams that feel that they can win this. Obviously, used with the finalists last year. Darren used with the finalists 2019. Yavaro come down from uh, come down from intermediate. Sorry, in 2019, and Cross McLean have just won the league. So there's there's four or five teams there that feel that they, they can go on to win this. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, and even outside though, Sean, I'd say there's a couple of teams hungry for an upset. Um, yeah, look, uh, Junior's quite competitive and has been over the past couple of years. As you say, those teams that are there, thereabouts, knocking about year in, year out. Um, we maybe came fr- out of the blue last year, but um, yeah, uh, those teams like Derry Noose, as you say, finalists in, in 2019, have always been there, took four kills very close last year. Um, cross seconds are going very well. Won the league, obviously, quite convincingly. I don't think they were beat this year at all. Um, but yeah, those each one of those teams will have great, great confidence going in, and and um, they'll not see them being beat. Um, and as I say, outside of that, there'll be a couple of teams looking to take a scalp. I think this of all years maybe tells us that it is the year of the scalp. You know how Toronto went. Um, how Toronto went in the championship you've seen them taking a taking a hammer and off carry and then next thing a couple of weeks later they come back and they're all earned champions so there'll be a lot of teams there looking to sort of emulate that and, and take take one of the those bigger teams as you say out I suppose the knockout championship really allows for that to happen doesn't it in the group stages a couple of years ago I know like the likes of Blake say lost their first game. You still have that option of the, you know, the next two games that you can raise it again. You don't have that this year and as well as last year. You didn't have it, but it's all on the day, knockout, uh, whatever happens and one bad performance and you're gone. Yeah, I think it's very refreshing. I know last year it was very enjoyable. I think knockout as a player, from a player's point of view personally, I, I much enjoy it. I found the round robin, the first two games were maybe dead rubbers a bit. Um, and then your last game maybe meant something. Um, but I find knockout championship, it's all in the day. Um, you either show up or you don't, you know, and it's great in that there's it's great for both teams in that it's just the two who shows up and you know, form book is sort of out the window. What you've done in the league doesn't matter. Um, it's who shows up on, on the Saturday or the Sunday uh, and puts the ball in the net or puts the ball over the wire. Um but yeah, it's it's far more enjoyable personally that it's just do or day and and it's how you perform in the day. And does it help, like, if you're going in, obviously, heavy favourites this weekend against Mullerbrack? And I think all the first round games are uh, Junior A against Junior B. So all the Junior A teams is going to go in heavy favourites here. But does that knockout help, like, you're, you're not as confident because anything can happen on, on that one particular day? Definitely, Sean, definitely. Yeah, look, through the years, um, we have been the underdog, and we have always been confident of taking taking a taking a big team out of it. Um, so I could any of those teams will be feeling the same way. Um, it keeps you on your toes definitely because you know that there's no second chances. You have to be on the money. Um, from from the get go. Um, so yeah, it really just sharpens the mind coming into the game and training. There's a real good intensity then. You know, you're building up and building up and. Whereas, as you say, in the knockout championship or in the round robin, sorry, you might not have that. Um, it might have been just a bit flat. Um, whereas the knockout, you, it does, it keeps you on your toes and, and you're very much aware you have to do your preparation the whole way through, you know, um, and be on top of your game from, from round one the whole way through. I suppose, Kieran, just to finish up, Gareth Thornton um, came in with his last year 
and as we say, got used to the final. He's with you again this year. How good has his influence been? Oh, it's it's been brilliant, Sean. Um, brilliant. Just when he came in, obviously it was a bit of probably a challenging year for him last year trying to manage everything. But I thought from a player's point of view, we all found it very refreshing. Some great ideas, some great coaching. Um, you know, he's very much a sort of modern coach in that you know it's it's all about all your training has a has a purpose behind it and. He's a very, you know, he thinks about the game a lot, puts a lot of work in away from the training field, you know, um, thinks about the game a lot. It's just been a breath of fresh air. Um, obviously, he's quite a young manager, relatively speaking, and we'd be quite a young team. So I think it's a good fit that way too. Um, you know, the crack at training does, does go both ways. It's not just a one-way street. So, um, no, brilliant, Sean, I have to say. He's, he's been top class and, and that's part of the reason we got to where we did last year. Callum, thanks very much for coming on. And best luck this weekend and for the rest of the year. And as I say, the Junior Championship kicks off on Friday night. And follow us all for previews and uh, reports of that game. Up next, we have Peter Nugent coming on to discuss the Intermediate Championship that kicks off this weekend. And everybody, make sure to keep voting for the Player of the Week as the deadline closes on Friday at midnight. So we'll announce the Player of the Week on Saturday. Um, again, Callum, thanks very much for coming on and best luck. Thank you, Sean. We're looking forward to the Intermediate Championship coming up this weekend and I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Nugent, the Grange manager, who's going to run his eye over the games this weekend. Uh, Peter, very good to have you on and we're looking forward to an exciting uh, Intermediate Championship and the Junior Championship also kicks off this week. Eight games in the Intermediate Championship spread through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And Peter, we'll just take it game by game and we'll take them in, uh, in time order. So the first up, it's Katie and Wolf Tones, and it's in the athletic grounds at 8.45, um, after the Derry Noose and St. Michael's game, which is at half seven in the athletic grounds as well. So um, this is this is an even tie, Peter, if you're looking at the league the league table. Wolf Tones finished second, Katie finished third. It's You're expecting a tight game, but then if you go and look at the league um, meeting between the two, I think Wolf Tones won by 10 points. So what can we expect from this game, do you think? Yeah, Sean, it's it's quite funny, you know, um, what you're saying there about their about their league standings. Um, I think it's actually I was speaking to a fellow this week from Katie, and he was saying like traditionally, uh, the you no know, tones would be uh Katie's you know nearly ultimate bogey team in that they can never seem to really beat them like historically traditionally over maybe the last 20, 25 years it'd be one end games where no matter how both teams are going, uh, tones would usually turn them over. Uh, so I think from that point of view, and also from the point of view that you know the, the recent meetings, um, Tones have turned them over really comprehensively, actually twice in that league format. Now, albeit one of the games was was last year, um, they beat them well down cash. And then I think from Tones' perspective, they probably put on their best performance maybe in a couple of years uh, in the game in Katie, uh, maybe five or six weeks ago. So I, I think you know from their point of view. They'll be happy that they've been able to to sort of you know exercise themselves on Katie and they'll carry that maybe psychological edge going into the game. That said, you know Katie are a team that as a club would carry a wee bit of championship pedigree, um, and you know tones don't. So it'll be a, you know that'll even things out to a degree because it's a knockout game. It carries different pressures. 
Uh, and if, if you go back last year to when, when the Tones were in a similar position, and uh, they were talked up very heavily to beat Claw Moore, and, and they came up short on the day. And, you know, I think Claw Moore would probably be longer odds that day than Katie would be on, on Friday night. So, you know, I don't really see that as being a that clear cut of game. I think Paul Doyle, you know, who, who would be regarded as a, as a shrewd enough coach and manager, will will have had, been able to collate a lot of evidence, um, you know, against the Tones over the last couple of years. And they actually played in the 2019 Championship group stage as well. Uh, which the tones won gnarly, so he, you know, he he should have a fair idea on what the tones have, and you know, outside of that, then it's, it's really going to come down to on on the night that you would have to you have to think possibly the tones would would slightly shade it. And Katie, they got to the semi final last year, and obviously Clon de Gael, um done to Katie what they done to a lot of teams last year, and eased them to the side. But that bit of experience, maybe, of playing in the in the championship semi final. Um, well, could stand to Katie, but Wolf Tones, they were in the semi-final in 2019 as well. So in terms of that sort of recent championship experience, they're maybe similar enough for that? Yeah, yeah, abs- you know, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Katie <clears throat> have been obviously down intermediate football now, Sean, for, 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 for a while, maybe the guts of 10 years or more. Um, and obviously, we, we know that their connection with, with Hurling in the county as well is quite strong, and you're never quite sure what you're going to get, I suppose, in terms of the, you know, that, that, that ratio that they're working off in terms of hurlers to football, and what, you know, which has taken the most precedence. Their, their, their run last year will have done them absolutely no harm, and I'm sure they want to take confidence from that. And like, again, I don't think either they're going to be going in this thinking that they have absolutely no chance. They they would probably feel that they didn't do themselves justice the last day against the Tones. And, 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 you know, in any case, how often have you seen it where a team has took a, a bit of a beating in the league and they've been drawn against the same opposition again in the championship? And it's nearly the perfect, you know, the perfect kind of scenario for, them. For, for, you know, for the Tones. I would probably pick out three players that, um, you know, will have a, a big say on, on this game. And, and if they can get through it, it would be, you know, Callum Duffin as their goalkeeper uh, is a very understated, probably goalkeeper within the county. Very solid, um, you know, moves the ball well, uh, can come out and join the play, and you know, and, and James Lowry in the middle of the field, and probably Potty Judge up front as well, who, you know, Potty's a no shortage of talent, and um, maybe a bit of an enigma, you could even say, um, but if the tones can can get enough balls in his hand, then he's he's definitely probably one of the better forwards in the entire in the entire division. But again, it's how much ball can they get to him, uh, and, and can they make it stick up there? And if they can, I would. I would feel that they'll just be about be able to do enough. Paulie Judge got a hot trick against Katie in that league game, so I'm sure they'll um, they'll try to have a plan for him. Just when you're talking about that league game and then meeting in the championship and what Katie will learn from it, got me thinking about Tyrone and Kerry getting hammered mm. um, and six weeks later being able to turn it around. But I think I'm in agreement with you, Peter. And as anybody knows, um, I listened to the podcast last year. We like our predictions on this show. So I think we're both going to go with Wolf Tones in that one. Yeah, tones to get through. I don't think it'll be straightforward, but I think on the night, this should have just about enough quality to get through. And on Saturday, then, it's uh, Bolly McNabb at three o'clock, and it's Tierna Noob taking on Tully Sarn. No disrespect to Tierna Noob, um, Peter, but I think Tully Sarn would be happy enough for this draw. Um, they were kicking themselves last year that they didn't get into the final after scoring two goals against St. Peter's in the semi-finals, or St. Paul's, sorry in the semi-finals and ended up getting beat. Um, Tully Sorn were unbelievable to watch last year in their win against Sarsfields. That was probably the performance of the championship. 
in 2020, while Tiernan Oog, they were knocked out in the first round against St Paul's. They've been relegated this year, and you'd imagine this is going to be Tully Sarns to lose. Yeah, oh, without shadow of doubt, Sean, it is Tully Sarns lose, but I think it would be remiss not to mention the fact that, you know, last year Tully Sarns played Portmore in the first round, in which on Portmore were routinely written off, and that this should be a procession, and I think Tully Sarns got through by a best score. Uh, they then beat Sarsfields when they were probably considered you know, sizable underdogs. And then against St. Paul's again, when, when they were heavily backed in to, to make the final, they, they couldn't get the job done on the day. So I, I don't think Tully Sarn are essentially a team that carry the favourites tag all, all that well. The, you know, the, the evidence last year's championship would, would back that up. Um, Portadown, they appear to be rebuilding. I've seen they've, a couple of good on the age squads starting to starting to come through. You know, really, when you look at Portadown, it's it's really hard to see how they're not um, doing better than they are. Uh, you know, probably across the board. So you would like to think that there's another coming for them, but it could take another couple of years yet. And yes, you would be expecting Tully Sarn to to get the job done. Um, I think Clare Nogue they're led by their um, one of their best players ever, probably Brian Mullen is over them at the minute. He he obviously has all the had all the talent as a, a player, um, a star for Armand years gone by. He's obviously hung up the boots now, and he's he's on the line. Yeah, um, Bran, uh, doing he's kicking any ball this year. Uh, no doubt he was a he was a brilliant player um, for for Portadown and for Armagh. Uh, let's not forget either. But look, it's one of them things. Uh, all thing, all good things sort of come to an end and. I think uh, that that brand brand's taking a lot to do them. So is Paul Carvel, uh, and no two better men really to to sort of oversee this period of transition for them. Uh, and look, I know they're they're putting in a, a really a really honest shift down there to bring in as many young players as they can. It's one of those things where they're just going to have to you know show the patience. And they're look, those two lads are the best fellas for that. Yeah, so I think we're both going with Tully Sarn um, for that first game. The second game on Saturday, it's uh, on Portmore against Fork Hill, and it's in Albi Park at five o'clock. And this is probably a, a tighter one to call. Uh, Peter Blackwater Town and Fork Hill are, are skipping each other in terms of relegation and promotion. Fork Hill obviously coming up in the, the intermediate after winning junior last year, while um, Portmore being relegated from Division Two B. Um, even much you would think uh, Fork Hill the first taste, taste of intermediate championship in a couple of years I would say they're happy with the draw out of everybody they could have got um, somebody that's uh, been relegated in the year was probably one of the draws that have been looking this could be an even enough affair yeah I suppose look, it's, it's hard to know what, what way things are going um, for Portmore they uh, certainly you know if you're looking at the form line of the results uh, you wouldn't be putting a whole lot of stock in them getting a result here. Um, I don't know. I maybe think they maybe struggled to get any type of results since the lockdown um, was lifted back in back in May, and it looks like it's been a bit of a struggle for them. But similar to probably how they went the challenge of last year, Sean, they weren't. I don't think we really give them much of a much of a chance going into the game uh, with Tully Star and to put on a real. A real effort that day, and we're probably unlucky not to get something out of it. But if you're in Fork Hill's shoes, when you look at what they have come back into their team now with with their county representatives, that's a good draw. You know, you're just coming up out of junior, and 
you're probably looking to get a bit of traction going. You're looking at that and you're thinking that's a very winnable game. Uh, and I would I would say that's a game that they don't need any encouragement for. Um, and I would be banking on on you know their county representatives really to to give them a big foothold in that game. And I'll be expecting Forkill to to get the job done there. Yeah, I'd be expecting Forkill to come through it. And I suppose you're talking about their county men. Um, I'm looking forward to see Stephen Sheridan. Obviously, he suffered a broken jaw in Armagh training um, before the championship kicked off. He's going to come back and he's going to be fresh now, Peter, into this intermediate championship. Yeah, look, you know, it's, I suppose, like, even just never was looking down through the fixtures earlier, sort of, you know, looking through and you're looking at the usual sort of faces. But Fork Hill sort of stood out to me because, you know, on the law of averages, you'd be thinking if, you know, you throw three, you know, prominent county players into any team in any of the grades in Armagh, it's going, it should give them, you know, a, a relative chance. And while they're coming up from junior and up, you know, it's a great foundation to build off. And if everybody else around that can feed off that and, and competently go about doing their jobs, even the likes of Cormac Toner up, up front is a, is a good, good player. And he's a good inside forward. And like, the momentum's, momentum's key. And like, if they can get through this one and you know, set themselves up there for a quarter final, I'm not sure who they would meet, Sean, who they play if they got through. Uh, the winners of that will take on the winners of Tully yeah. Sorn or Tierney Oh, look, that's you know, that's a that's a shot to nothing for them. Then if they get through there, and were to say they will play Tully Sorn, um, it's a shot to nothing for them. So look, there's a lot to be enthused about there. You know, they obviously have to get the job done first this weekend. Um, but you would you would fancy them with that bit of experience to have. They're also coming through with momentum. Um, have won the championship last year, and I see they're still going well uh, in the junior league as well. So. This is a team winning games against a team not winning games. It's a team that carries, you know, a, a strong county representation against a team that doesn't and and is probably struggling um, for a number of reasons. So I can't really see past the Fork Hill win here. So two more votes for Fork Hill in that one. Um, the last of Saturday's games, St Paul's take on Middletown in Clonmore, also at five o'clock. Probably another one-sided game that we're looking at, Peter, certainly from the outside. It would be a major shock here if Middletown can pull this off. We spoke about Katie earlier and the big um, hurling representation they have. Middletown's is the same on, on maybe more than Katie, um, more dual players. St Paul's obviously coming back from the championship last year. They lost out to Clannagill in the final. Um, I don't want to say it was a freak St Paul's got there, but I'm just I don't know if they were the second best team in the championship last year. You know they certainly played well to get over Tully Sorn and Kerr Cruppen before that. But you would expect them to come through this one, Peter. You, uh, you think they're going to come through um, Middletown? Yeah, I think I think St Paul's put put a really a really good you know um, autumn's work in last year, or sorry, late summer's work in last year, and like the beat Cruppen, who are a good side, and the beat Tully Sarn, who would be deemed a good side this level as well. So, like they've done well and they were outclassed. I think it's fair to say they're probably outclassed on the day in in the final, but. You know that team's gone from the competition now, so they'll be going back and looking at what's what's left there and be thinking that on their day they're, they're probably capable of mixing it with anyone. Uh, the only thing I did happen to notice was if you look at the teams that finished in the top sort of three or four in, in Division 2A, which by the way, there was quite a drop off difference in points. I mean, St. Paul's have finished, I think, on 10 points, but they finished mid table, whereas 10 points shown in a lot of the other divisions. Would definitely get you relegated. So the likes of 
Sarsfields, Tams, Tully Sarn since since the return this year have all put really, really big scores on St Paul's. Um, so my only concerns for them is that <clears throat> they're probably a year older. They would have a pretty old in Gaelic football terms age demographic across a lot of their a lot of their most important players. Um, you know, with really solid players are like Ram McCalley, Ran Lawless, uh, Patton Ash, um, and of course uh, you know Andrew Murn up front. Like that's really solid Spain there, but I think they'd be happy with that draw. Middletown, I know, are putting a, a huge stock in, in the hurling this season. Um, and usually when that happens, the football uh, tends to suffer as a as a byproduct of that. So I would say as for St. Paul's, we'll be looking to to motor through the rounds, and this is a really ideal start from you know get up, get going. And the league is the league, and the championships, the championship is where they'll be looking at. It. Uh, and if they can get through this into the quarterfinal, and a lot of their players have the have the pedigree and the stock of winning these games, these knockout games. So you know, St. Paul's are dangerous. You know, they are dangerous at this level, and uh, if when you anticipate to get through the weekend. You know, they'll be, I think that maybe Bally Hagen maybe in the next round, maybe after that, um, or or White Cross. So it looks like a decent draw for them and they could really they could really end up in a semi final again after that. And suppose they on Middletown, the winner of that game will take on Cullerville and Shane O'Neill's. Um okay. so we'll discuss that game. That's the last game of the weekend we're we're coming to let. Um, two more votes for St Paul's I think to come through that were in agreement on the first four games Peter so mm-hmm. um, we'll see what Sunday has to bring here the first one's White Cross against Ballyhagen and it's in Portmore 2 o'clock um, this is a game that I attended last year it was the same the first round of the championship last year Ballyhagen surprisingly beat White Cross um, and beat them beat them by a couple of points James McCormick was sensational that day and scored 2-5 Looking at the two teams now, Peter, Bolly Hagen have a few men back. Jack Rafferty's back this year. Colin McKeever, who was an all-star, a club all-star in 2017, he's back. While White Cross have lost Mark Shields, he's uh, he had surgery during the summer there, so he's obviously not going to be available. Um, probably from the outside, it's tight enough to call, but I think I'm just going to give the nod to Bolly Hagen um, based on last year on the, the loss of Mark Shields for White Cross. Yeah, Sean, uh, I just had a wee look through. I've been noticing, you know, probably through some of their Bolly Hagen have been winning more games than they were losing in, in um, Division 2B. I think when the league finished up last year, they were maybe second bottom uh, and they've ended up finishing, I think, fourth and they've actually won four of their last last five league games and three on the bouncer to finish it off. So, like, that's a team in form, you know, and there's no better time to be hitting hitting your stride than coming out the back end of the league and into the championship. And really, with White Cross, uh, you know, relegated um, to 2B. And really, it's been it's been a, a slow, probably downward sort of slide for them over a number of seasons now. Um, and there doesn't seem to be too much signs that that's going to be arrested anytime soon. Uh, whereas you say, Polly Hagen, uh, you look at Jack Rafferty back, strong, strong spine to that team, the Courtney's, um, James McCormick, you know, Conor McKeever up front as well is, is, has the potential to be, you know, uh, pretty prolific at this level. So I would be going going ahead with, with yourself there on that one. I think Bolly Hagen have, have just a bit more going for them. Um, and I think, that, you know, you would be guessing there would be a, a different mood in, in, in both camps. 
and obviously they're going to be in both in uh, 2B next year to Galley, you would imagine. Um, Barn, Ballyhagen or White Cross win the championship, but um, I would be thinking Ballyhagen can take this. So still on Sunday, Peter, um, we have Clonmore taking on Sarsfields in Mahari at four o'clock. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Clonmore caused a bit of an upset last year when they beat Wolf Tones in the, in the first round. Well, they take on Sarsfields, who are probably most people's favourites going in here. They won Division 2A, winning it over, over Clan Gale in the end. They're going to be the heavy hitters here, Peter, aren't they, in this Intermediate Championship? Yeah, Sean. Yeah, they will be. Um, so, well, I suppose from, from my point of view, it's, it's, it's theirs to lose. Like, if Sarsfields are to not win the Championship, they're going to have to have a, a bad day, uh, akin to the day they had against Tully Sarn, probably, last year in the Championship, where they just, they just fluffed their lines. Um, and look, in the return here at Intermediate, they lost once to the Clans um, in the first game of the league back in 2020, and they got beat uh, in the quarterfinal championship last year. So ever since it's been like they really, they really won the league with something, something to spur. And they actually went to David Park and won as well. Which you know, given how probably Clans played yesterday against Cross, it's probably you know it's it's a good omen for them um, that that they were able to go there and win. So. You would have to say that you know they have it in their own hands, really. And um, the wealth of experience, uh, a serious uh, forward unit, um, and they seem to be sort of adding in a couple of new players here and there as well. So, look, all in all, yeah, yeah, they have to be heavily fancied. But you can't, you know, claw more or as honest as a day is long, uh, and it won't be a procession. You know, I, I don't see it being a procession. I think claw more have that ability to dig in to make it extremely difficult. Um, for for the invigorated, you know, for those more probably illustrious sides, and like they have the banking on just hanging in the game, hanging in the game like they did last year against the Tones and, and striking. If the, if the opportunity comes along, take the opportunity and see where it takes you. But I think the difference with Sarsfields is, is that they carry a range of attacking threats: uh, the two McGones, the Stevensons, um, Paul McGahey as well. Like the they're coming down, Keelan Scalvin. Like there's just there's from midfield up to carry options all over the place. Players that can hurt you and hurt you badly. So I think there's you're, you're depending on too many things going wrong at the one time. Where Sarsfields here to see anything other than Sarsfields win. Yeah, I think Sarsfields are going to come through that one. And I agree with you, Peter. They'll not get it easy against Clonmore. Um, we've seen that um, from Clonmore last year in the championship semi final, or quarter final. Sorry, again, Clonmore. They, they pressed Clannagale really hard in that first half and Clannagale's class sort of shone through then and they got over the line pretty easily. We could see a repeat of that maybe on Sunday with Sarsfields coming through after a bit of a bottle. Um, also on Sunday then is at four o'clock is Kerr Cruppen against College Land, another repeat of last year at games in Pearshow Park. Peter, we've spoke about Kerr Cruppen. They won Division 2B won it without, with only losing one game and it was the last one against Clonmore that didn't mean anything that the title secured at that stage. Uh, we've seen Kerr Cruppen against St Paul's last year. Although they lost, they put on a, a great show. They have some super um, young players along with Blaine Hughes, of course, the likes of um, Richard Keenan in the middle of the field, Owen Woods up front. They're, they're a team to watch, Peter, aren't they? While they mightn't... Um, they might challenge to win the championship. They're a dark horse here. Oh, without doubt, Sean, I make no secret of it. I, I really like Crubbin. I think they're they're a very, very capable outfit. I suppose the only thing I would say is in as a as a counter argument is have the you know, have they been challenged really? 
in the division they've been in. Like they won it pulling up. Um and I I wouldn't read anything in the last game. I would say that was a case of, of giving plenty of pound players around. Um any sort of challenge was put to them through that league. They really they did it very, very, very convincingly. And my only concern for them might be going forward that if they run into like a Sarsfields or a, maybe a St Paul's again, you know, that they just wouldn't have enough tight tight battles under their under their belt. But look, they're full of energy, they're full of running. Um the forwards that want to take you on, I mean, Woods and, and the likes of Tierney and Kelly up front are very direct, very pacey. They're looking to score and score heavily, score goals. Um, Keenan can hurt you from from anywhere, really. He's a, at this level, he's a, he's a, a really, really, really solid operator. Um, and of course, in, in goals of the county goalkeeper, and like <laughs> we all know the importance now of of the keepers um, and, and how they're used and the effect they're used to. And really, like, he's a big plus for them. He's a massive plus for them. And I'm sure that they'll be not just maybe using them between the sticks, Sean, but probably using them to greater effect, uh, you know, going out the field as well. Yeah, Blaine, he's, uh, he's taking on that super keeper role that you see so many of the top level um, goalkeepers doing now. I suppose I, w- I don't want to just write off college land, but... Again, this is a bit like White Cross and Ballyhagen. You're you're looking at these two teams and what happened last year in the championship. Kirkup won by nine points. Um, it was College Lawn's first time in the Intermediate Championship. They'd just come up from junior in 2019. It's hard to see them turning right around in, in a year, Peter. It is, but I think, to be fair to College Lawn, Sean, they've, they've had some notable results since they came back and... Like for example, they went and they went and beat the Tones and Derry McCash there um, back in the summer. Like and that's no mean feat for them. Um, they've been difficult to beat in College Land as well. Like that's a place that you know sort of more open teams probably don't really want to be going to try and play a football. It's probably a case of trying to go down there and get something and get out as quick as you can. You know, so you know they have adapted themselves well for a first year up and intermediate. They've stayed up comfortably um, and. They'll be happy with that. And look, it's a, it's a shot to nothing for them, really, because all the brashers on Kiara Club in here. So they'll know that, you know, they've, they've a full season under their belt now playing, playing at that level. And, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll have belief too. But look, I can't look past Club and I think their team really, really uh, on, on the rise now. And um, yeah, I'm expecting them to come through probably with, you know, five, six, seven points for. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that again. Peter, um, Kerr Kruppen expected to come through that. Uh, probably the big game all around is Cullerville against Shane O'Neill's um, in Cross and Glen at five o'clock. Uh, Cullerville, I know, were at the bottom end of the uh, Division 2A league, while Shane O'Neill's um, were probably up, up closer to the top. Um, Shane O'Neill's, they've been knocking on the door for a couple of years, Peter. They have... And been beaten the last three years by the eventual winners. It was Clonagia last year, um, yourselves in 2019, the Grange in 2019, and um, St. Peter's beat them the year before that, all going on to win the Intermediate Championship. So Shane O'Neill's have been there or thereabouts, while Cullerville, uh, they were just relegated from senior in 2019 and probably haven't been, uh, uh, haven't had the year in Intermediate that they would have wanted or year and a half um, that they would have wanted. Uh, do you see this as the tail around? Um, I suppose you could make a case for it, yeah. Um, it's hard to say, we'll call it a lick. I mean, you know, they've, 
there would be quite an enigma to stay say I mean like the give source feeds a real real push for it last year for long periods um, when source feeds would have been would have been heavily fancied to to get the job done probably with a minimum of fuss again their league form it's not much to go by you know they didn't really call themselves in glory um so it's it is it's I see they they drew there and Friday night with St Paul's in Colville so maybe that's some kind of a marker but you know you're looking at Shane O'Neill's and you're looking at a team that's like if you're in the Shane's camp you should be looking at this and going you know we've been extremely close this last two years no not in the first round last year but the Browner was they were competing with the team that went on to win it very 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 convincingly so with again with with the personnel they have available to them. And that sort of maybe that idea ideology in there can't maybe that could be like we've been hard done by here this last couple of years. Uh, can we push on and, and make a stick this year? I think they'd be happy to get through this game. Uh, probably not draw too much attention to themselves. Get the job done and get through to the next round, and then you know take it from there. But you look at their league form, Sean, and it's I would be expecting a bit more from them. To tell you the truth, uh, you know I look at their league form. They didn't trouble the promotion whatsoever. Um, they were they were well back in the pack, uh, you know. When I would have expected them to be to be placed slightly higher and to be you know, maybe given Sarsfields and Clans more to think about there, it didn't happen for whatever reason. But they've still got quality, and if they can get all of their main players out, um, they're a capable side. So look, I think Shane's Shane's would do it, but that's not to say that Colville couldn't couldn't trip that up because you know you'd need to see more from Shane's I think this year to really see where they're at. I think we've said it a couple of times, Peter, that it's a shot to nothing. I get that feeling about Colleville that um, I don't think they'll fear Shane O'Neill's um, no. on, on Sunday. I think they'll, uh, they'll they'll feel that they have a chance and with the likes of the Rollins uh, involved there, they have some good talented players as well that they're going to feel they can challenge for this and maybe turn it around and beat, beat Shane O'Neill's and be the shock of the round. Oh, without, without doubt. Um, the likes of... Um... Garby playing there as well from some really really outstanding talent you know especially at this level so like the, 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 personally the one thing that, that I was found you know coming up against Colorado was you were never quite sure what you were going to get and there's an element of trepidation to that um, for the opposition now Shane's would have been lucky enough that I've had two good looks at them in the league so they'll be able to fall back I suppose on 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 those games um, to see you know what they're going to be up against had they been in 2B maybe uh, and when they got a direct looking at them, maybe you'd be more apprehensive. But I think Shane's just be happy to sort of get any win they can here, take the win, and, and, and get moving forward. They don't need to be drawing attention to themselves, in my opinion, with with you know big landmark paid victories. It's just a case of getting through the rounds here and, and getting to the business end. I think we agreed on all all eight. Um, Peter, I don't know if we'll be as uh, in agreement That's throughout the year. Sheer fire thing for disaster. Sean. There's <laughs> going to be a, a range of upsets here on the back of that. There's going to be, there's always an upset somewhere. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to come out of looking through the games. I think all the favourites um, are favourites for a reason, and they're going to come through it. Um, but eight eight exciting games to look forward to, and no doubt there will be an upset or a surprise along the line somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Peter, thanks very much for coming on and discussing Intermediate Championship with us. And as I say, eight games that look forward to, and we'll be covering all eight on the sideline A and through Twitter updates, previews, and match reports. So see you all again, and thanks again, Peter. Thanks, Sean.